0: Oh my goodness, you crazy son of a bitch. Do you have any idea what you've just done? You've just discovered the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. This is the show that may or may not be an hour long based on your perception of time and how much I've got to say. So strap yourselves in and prepare your ears for the journey of a lifetime with your host of the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour, me. Yeah, idiot. Welcome to the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. This is episode number 122, and we are going to get right to it. I am going to waste as little time as possible for a couple of reasons. One, I have, not only do I have an amazing guest this week, his name is Ben Eads, he's a horror author, and in just a few moments, he is going to leave you riveted with one of the best... Of, arguably arguably the best story I've ever recorded on this podcast for, for the next, for the, the first 40 minutes of our conversation is basically Ben talking. You, you, you will barely hear my voice at all because I am absolutely riveted by this story. I don't even want to tell you about, except that it is goddamned amazing. And that's, that's why I want to get right to it because I want you to be every bit as riveted as I was in the moment that I was listening to this story. So that's Ben Eat. He's a horror author, an acclaimed horror author at that. And he's also got a lot of really exciting things happening uh in the horror community, both as a author as well as an editor. Uh the other reason we have to keep this snappy is because uh as you all know, I, I a, f- a few months back moved to Las Vegas, Nevada with my with my lovely bride, Chanel. And it is officially summer out here. It's June, and it's summer, and it is, it is it is fucking hot as hell. And so when I record, you know, here in the illustrious Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour studios, I do so without the air conditioner because I, I want to, you know, I want to make sure the quality of your listening experience is as good as possible. But, of course, having the air conditioner off in the middle of summer in Las Vegas is a bit of a torturous experience. So I have gotten... The uh, I've gotten the order from Chanel to uh, to keep this recording quick so we can put the air conditioner back on, and um, and quite frankly, I'm with her on that one because it's hot. So that said, uh, I, well, you know, before I get you to Ben, how about this? Uh, he, he's got a novella. It's called Cracked Sky. Get yourself a copy on Amazon.com. But before you do, please, please first go to the official website of this podcast, which you'll find at martinlestrapsshow.com. When you get there, go to the shop page, click on the Amazon banner on the shop page. It's going to take you to Amazon. Once you're there, you can do all the same shopping you were going to do otherwise, including getting yourself, a co- getting yourself a copy of Cracked Sky by Ben Eads. And uh, because you shopped through the official website of this podcast, Amazon, in turn, will kick back a few pennies our way. And then we get to take those pennies and reinvest them into the show, which allows us... To make the Strap Show podcast hour as good as we can possibly make it for you, which is what we strive to do week after week, after week. So that said, are you guys ready? You don't even know. You have no idea. Here we go. The 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 best. I you know what? Maybe I'm. Fuck it. I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna. Maybe I'll just say it. Maybe this is the best story I've ever had the opportunity to record on this podcast. Courtesy. Of the guest of episode number 122, my friend Ben Eads. I was on Facebook recently, and I was I was on my friend Ben Eads' Facebook page, just you know, just catching up, seeing how my buddy Ben's doing. He doesn't know that I check up on him, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> And, and likewise, likewise. <laughs> that's actually, that's nice to hear. Thank you. Uh, while I was there, I read uh, a very interesting, uh, somewhat cryptic post that I'll I'll go ahead and read it. You wrote it, so you it's yours. But I'll read it, and I just I just need to know what you know what the fuck's happening. So so here's the post. You'll know what it is the second I start. But I, I need to know what's happening here. Uh oh. This is from Ben. Uh oh. Man, I didn't intend to hand out an ass-whooping today that sent someone to the hospital. (laughs) But that's what happens when you try to force entry into my house. I don't like violence. However, when needed, I'm damn good at it. (laughs) Now, there's two things I'd like to point out. One, I... (laughs) I'm sorry. One, <laughs> <laughs> as I read that, I realized I would love to do the, the audiobooks for your Facebook posts. So that felt good. <laughs> I feel like I'm tuned into your voice. But two, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> the,
1: well, I, I'll tell you what happened, Martin. I was just outside, have my Budweiser. As some bitch come up talking at me, I'm like, Hoss, you know where you're coming from, boy? No, um... You know, it's kind of weird. Um, you know, sometimes you try to be, you know, I, I, I'm I'm actually a very shy person. Mm-hmm. And um, last year, my uh, publisher and editor, um, the amazing uh, Bram Stoker um, Award-nominated author, um, Kate Jones, um, kind of said, you know – could, can you be a little bit more personal, you know, uh, on on Facebook and open up? And, um, you know, I know it's kind of hard to believe that I'm a, actually a shy person, but um, <laughs> it happened.
0: Not the Benny's I know, but go ahead. Show <laughs>
1: <him>. <laughs> well, given my penchant for verbosity, once you get me on the phone, I, you know, it's, 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 yeah, it just goes on and on. My mouth can't stop, but um yeah, I mean, it, there's some things I can't go into detail about right now, obviously, um, for legal reasons. But um, this happened about a year and a half ago. Um, there was a gentleman um, who lived in my mother's neighborhood, and um, she gave me a phone call. And um, she said something had, uh, terrible had happened. And I said, well, well, what? You know, is everything okay? And she said no. Um, and, you know, at that time she was living alone. And... Um, she said that someone had came to the front door and that he was drunk, you know, he was being belligerent, and um, he was looking. Um, apparently, he told her that, um, that uh, he knew that she had children and that they stole his tools, and they're worth about $800. And she said, I don't know what you're talking about. And she went to close the um, screen door, and he tried to force his way in. And of course, my mother's not a pushover, and she was able to close the door, uh, and then close the big oak door, lock it, the deadbolt, and call me. And so, I came over, and uh, I, w- I lived maybe ten minutes away from her. And I said, you know, well, well, in which direction did this guy go? You know, we have to get to the bottom of this. And uh, she pointed the direction. And she's like, whatever you do, don't, don't go there, don't go there, you know. Um, and I said, no, it's, 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 it's okay, and we'll get into my background. Later. So um, I walked down the street, and you know, um, I kind of grew up in this neighborhood where my mom lives, and um, you know, that's where my fondest childhood memories are. And many of the same people still live here. And so I figured if I walked down the street, you know, and interfaced with enough people, I could find this guy that I got the description of. And so I walked down the street and there was this, I turned the corner, a lot of families were outside. It was probably like two o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday or Sunday I forget which day. And, um, they were all acting very nervous, you know, and I approached them, you know, and I'm a little guy. I mean, I'm only five foot six, you know, I weigh maybe 140 pounds and, um, uh, not very intimidating at all. And
0: <laughs>
1: that's a good thing you'll learn soon. And, um. You know, I I said, "Hey, Wendy, how are you?" And she doesn't. You know, she's like, "Oh, Ben. You know, it's been a long time since I've seen you." And I could tell by everyone's body language who was the asshole, <laughs> and uh, and uh, so you know, I said, "Hey, guys. You know, I'm I'm just here. You know, my mother lives up the street, and um, she said that there was apparently a house that was broken into, and someone had their tools stolen." And um, I just want to let you all know that, you know, we do have a neighborhood watch. You know, here's my phone number in case anybody needs anything. And this is Anshinjitsu. It's actually what George Lucas stole uh, for Star Wars and turned it into the Jedi mind trick. It's, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it is. It is a thousand year old um, part component of a martial system. Okay. And, um, So anyway, I'm jitsuing them, as my sensei would say, and um, I'm getting information. I'm reading everyone. I'm reading their body languages, and um, the guy had already gotten his ass whooped, and he was wearing a white shirt. There's blood all over it. Blood's coming down, you know, both sides of his mouth, and, you know, immediately he's standing off from me, and um, I can see the fight in his head. You know, he's a big bully, and he's looking at me like, why does this little man have – You know, this amazing confidence about him. And so finally, you know, I said, well, here's the problem, guys. You know, um, feel free to rely on me, you know, uh, but call the police first. But here's the problem. and Here's why I'm here. My mother is elderly and she has heart problems. And some asshole decided to walk up to her home, knock on the door. He's drunk. And he tried to force his way into my mother's home. Now, you wouldn't happen to know about this. And at this point, everyone's looking down at the ground, and you can tell they're very scared of this man. And I'm reading him, and I'm going, what are you scared of this guy for? But um, so finally, you know, he was very drunk, and and he walks up to me, and he says, you know, well, I'm the guy that did it. And uh, I'm ex-Army Rangers. And I said, okay. And he said, you know, um, some of the effect of, there was a deal he had between one of the 18- year- old kids in the neighborhood, you know to do tile work in his home, and he would give him his tools. And apparently, um, you know, he said that I didn't have the money for it, you know, and I tried to lock my garage and he came and stole my tools. And I said, "Well, we have to have an understanding here. My mother's elderly, she has heart problems. you know, please avoid going to her home. At which point, uh, he grabbed my shirt. And at which point, I dropped him to the ground on his head. And everyone um, around me just you know went into a shock and um, uh, put him into a submission that good luck getting out of it. And um, at that time, I informed Wendy to call the police. Um, and I told him. I said, you know, this is not going to happen again. Do we have an understanding? And he wouldn't answer me. So that's when I pulled his arm out of its socket. <laughs> and he started screaming, and I said, do we have an understanding now? And he goes, yes, yes. And I said, no, I want to hear you say uh, we're crystal. Say it. We're fucking crystal. And he said, we're fucking crystal. And I said, good. And I said, "Now, when I let you up, are you going to act like a human being or not? And he, I let him go. He got up. He ran inside his house. The cops showed up. I reported the incident, and um, they arrested him. And um, Wendy followed me up the street and she said, thank you. And I said, for what? And She's like, you know, he's a bully. He's always intimidating. You know, my husband, uh, they've had words, you know, and things like that. And I said, well, what I just did, you know, uh, it's probably going to come back to haunt me. (laughs) You know, I, I don't recommend doing this. But when you have, you know, an elderly mother that has heart problems, you want to ensure this never happens again. So, fast forward to when I posted that, and I moved into the same neighborhood as my mother, and um, I live about six houses up from her, and I'm writing, and you know I've got my heavy metal music blaring, and it sounds like someone's knocking on my door, and so I turn the music down, and that's when I hear, oh, no, they're <laughs> – it sounds like the police have a battering ram, and they're trying to come <laughs> through the front door. And, you know, my sixth sense and all that wasn't off or anything. And so I walked down the hallway, looked through the door, and it's the same fucking asshole. And so at this point, it's like, okay, you know, this is your ass. So I opened the oak door, and he was kicking at the – I have a glass door, big glass door, thick glass, and it swings outward. So it's like, hey, dipshit, (laughs) you're kicking it the wrong way. Um, but, uh, I opened the door, he came in, um, what I can say is that with my hands, with no weapons, I was able to subdue him, um, he went to the hospital, yeah, he, they had to take him, uh, in an ambulance, um, he went to pull his gun, I took it from him and, you know, um, uh, beat him a few times with it and, uh, then threw the gun out in the front yard, um. I mean, the smell of sheared copper was everywhere, you know, and as he's down and he ain't getting back up, you know, I said, dude, you realize you're going to jail, you know, um, I don't know why you decided to do this. And, uh, when the cop showed up, you know, I told him what had happened. Um, I told him that, you know, come to find out he is indeed, in fact, an ex army ranger from the Vietnam era and that, uh, you know, it's probably PTSD, you know, shell shock is the term I prefer, um. But um, to please go easy on the guy, you know, I mean, obviously he's got problems and, um, but yeah, I mean, clearly he was in the wrong and um, I can't go into much more detail about that, but um, yeah, I, I do have to appear in court to testify against him and um, yeah, it's basically, you know, uh, breaking and entering uh, with intent and with a firearm and apparently, um he has a history of this so he will not be passing go he will be spending the rest of his <laughs> life in prison and uh, i was very happy i was able to take this you know individual out of the neighborhood so Goddamn, damn a ben Eats. <laughs> trust me i'm not capable of doing this all the time well, and
0: listen no i'm, I'm going to stop you right there cuz i'm going to tell you what you in the last uh, 10 minutes have become my new favorite action hero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me immediately where I can go find a Ben Eats poster to put up on my wall. <laughs> Give me the name of every single movie you've appeared in because I want all of them.
1: <laughs> you know, what's weird is tell when me where I, was... I can get
0: a Ben Eats novelty t-shirt because I'm going to wear it every goddamn day.
1: <laughs> you can go to www. <laughs> um, uh, ben eats, And, uh, you know, in hindsight, I really wish I I would have recorded it. That would have been a hell of a promotional video, you know, after you see that by crack sky, an emotional tour de force, a harrowing journey of a parent's loss of their child into the afterlife. And can they save their child? You know, Uh, but sometimes I put up videos on YouTube of me, you know, chopping stuff with my Japanese sword, uh, which is real. I've I've,
0: I've seen that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Not. You know, no offense to the batojutsu guys, but uh, no noto, which is the drawing and the form of it, the art of it, because I was chopping pumpkins. And you don't want that inside the saya or the sheath. You know, you'll ruin your blade. But Uh, um,
0: Obviously. Who who doesn't know that? That, (laughs) But,
1: But yeah, this all started, you know, back when I was – uh, in high school, believe it or not, I went to a very, very bad middle school. And, um, you know, my parents really couldn't afford, and no fault of their own, um, to send me to a private school. Um, every single day of middle school and high school, um, I was getting stabbed with knives. I was getting pistol whipped. Good
0: grief.
1: Um, I was shot at. Um, I had a flesh wound twice. Um, it was a really bad deal. And I remember the first day of uh, sixth grade. Um, I was waiting at the end of the day to get on my bus, and someone put a knife to my throat for sixty fucking cents, <laughs> so they could Damn. buy a soda. Yeah, and so this goes on, and and, and it goes on. And uh, my parents are very concerned. You know, they go to the principal, they go to the district, and um, there was nothing that could be done. The kids ran the school when they imposed. Um, Like in high school, I think it was my sophomore year, we had assigned seating after the first day, and uh, one of the uh, football stars, and he went on to have an illustrious career in the NFL, and I can't name names because he'll probably want to sue me. Um, I was sitting behind his girlfriend, and that's where he usually sat, but it's assigned seating. And um, the teacher said, um, you know, get back in your seat. You know, it's assigned seating. He pulled out a gun. And he put it on top of the desk. And and he said, you know, what the fuck are you talking about, you stupid fucking bitch? And, Mm -hmm. you know, the sad thing is, is a lot of them wanted – they were just looking for a reason to shoot somebody so they can go to what they considered university, which was prison.
0: Mm.
1: And I met – you know, my friends and I um, my senior year, we got together and, you know, we had to really just get each other's back. I mean I had my ass kicked so many times, Martin that it was just like, all right, let's just get it over with. You know, I mean, it was like watching a play or listening to a song, (laughs) you know, no more butterflies in the stomach. I don't recommend that though. And, um, so we got together, and my buddy Richard said, you know, hey, why don't we take a martial art, you know? And I had been in uh, Shitaru karate and taekwondo when I was um, about 8, 9, 10, and 11. And everything that they were teaching didn't – I mean it made it worse. It made it worse. I was getting my ass handed to me. <laughs> Because again, you know, in in high school I was maybe five three, five four, you know, and then I, I think when I turned twenty, I actually got to five foot six, and um, so we made a, a a deal, and that was we'll open the phone book, the yellow pages, and the first dojo that we can't pronounce correctly, that's <laughs> where we're gonna go. So we flipped open the phone book, and we saw this one that was just absolutely, you know, and not to knock. Yeah, you know, Shito-Ru Karate or Taekwondo. I mean, if you're six foot or six foot two, and you've spent years in there, then yeah, you know how to defend yourself. But again, I'm a little man, so um, we found this place and we couldn't pronounce it, and so we called, and uh, the guy answered the phone. Bujinkan Dojo, Greg. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> Hi, Greg. Um, uh, my name is uh, Benjamin, and um, we're very. We couldn't pronounce the art and you know what are you guys about he goes oh well come on down we'll teach you how to be a ninja <laughs> and i re- and i remember laughing and him not reacting to that and i said well where are you located you know and i looked at richard and he gave me a shrug like why not let's give it a shot and i'm like okay so where are you at and so I got directions, we showed up, and um, that night changed my life. I mean, it really did. And um, we got to observe the class. Um, the very first thing I saw when I walked in, because we were late, we got bad directions, uh, was his wife, Gina, uh, throwing a man who was almost six foot eight and weighing about 350 pounds through the air, head over heels, three times. Wow. And seeing that happen immediately I was like oh I'm in the right place and so we observed at the end of class you know I I told Greg I said look you know here's why I'm here and uh, he said it ain't gonna happen you know it's just, it's just not gonna happen <laughs> don't worry about it you know um, you're you're not 18 years old there's a vetting process you know it's it's like a job interview this is a serious deal you know this goes back a thousand years You know, this is the art of defeating the superior opponent. You know, he had taught special forces, Delta Force, um, some people um, in that clique trained Mossad. That's where Krav Maga actually comes from. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, all of these real, and no offense to others, but we call them Budo, which means living arts, in that you know, you're know you not static, you're able to, for example, in class, you know we are shown a move, I do it on someone my size, then I'm paired with someone who's much taller than I am, it doesn't work. So then you have the sense, or Shidoshiho is what we would call them in this dojo, would come by and show you how to make it work. On a different body dynamic. So you learn body dynamics and all this. So the long form is the Togakure Ru School of Hapobi Ninjutsu. Ninjitsu. Um, the short term, uh, I like to call it, is just ninja stuff. But Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood and fiction has, you know, romanticized it. It does have a history. And what's strange is, you know, that's my kindred spirit is that a thousand years ago in Japan, you know, heavy cab samurai were just running rampant, killing peasants, making bets hey, I can take a hundred heads. How about you? And so the farmers at that time in feudal Japan could only work with wood tools. And um, these Chinese mountain monks, were watching this happen, and I felt very, very bad for these poor farmers. So they got together, these farmers and the Chinese mountain monks, and they created a form of martial arts that allows you to defeat the superior opponent. And then they started handing heavy cap samurais their asses with wooden tools. Um, and I had to—I had, literally had to plead uh, my case, and um, that's where I met my friend Tom. Um we're still very close friends. I still look at him as a mentor, a brother and, and Sensei and Shidoshiho as well. And um, you know, he, he really had to go up to bat for me and you know, it was look, this kid is going to a school where he's probably gonna get killed, you know. Mm-hmm. It's amazing he's still alive. Um, can we just please, for the love of God, I know this is against the rules, you know. And so I think the third time I, I, I came by, you know, I was accepted into the dojo. And uh, about three or four years later, um, Greg got called back to Japan, and he um, he stayed there for a while. And then Robert started teaching, um, and uh, so yeah, for about ten years, you know, hardcore, the real deal, you know, and um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where it comes from. Um, you know, but the vetting process is is very important because we don't want people coming there that want to, you know, inflict harm on others, want to be the masters of the universe. And what I know does not enable me to walk into a bar and walk up to the biggest guy and punch him. You know? I'll get my ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is a spiritual side to this in that, you know, the person has to start the attack. Much you see, Aikijutsu the Weishiba sensei is what they call him in Japan. Weishiba Osensei. Um, he was a, along with uh, Toshitsugu Takamatsu, who was the last known, wink wink, um, real paid by, on the government payroll by Japan to be a, a actual assassin. And the, during the Second World War, he was stationed in Manchuria, taking out Chinese officers with with um, Osensei Weishiba. Weishiba saw what he was doing and learned from it. Weishiba created Aikijutsu and then a few years passed and he said that's too malevolent. Wow, I'm really killing people. And so then he made it a lot more benevolent and created Aikido. So Aikido, Aikijutsu, they all come from ninjutsu. And uh, there's a lot of similarities. But the but in ninjutsu it's a lot more quicker, especially if you're somebody of my body dynamic. Um, I'm not going to troll you around. I'm not going to slide the punch. I'm not going to dance with you. I can't Take someone who's six foot four, 250 pounds of muscle, and do that to them. I have to bring them down immediately, you know, with body dynamics. So, I think for everyone <clears throat> who is interested in self defense, shop around, um, know your body dynamics, um, and don't go to somewhere where they're just selling you a black belt. You know, um, the only belts we had in, in my dojo were to hold up your pants. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh god damn. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you what Ben Eats. When I started this conversation, I thought, you know what? <laughs> this is a this, this is this is a fascinating Facebook post. Uh I I'd like to I'd like to see what this is about. I had no idea that I was going to get uh 20 minutes or so of the most riveting storytelling that I've probably ever had on the podcast. So
1: well, you're too kind. I'm just running off at the mouth. I apologize. You, you
0: call it running off on the mouth. There's a reason you've not heard me speak for about 20 minutes. I'm sitting here absolutely riveted by every single thing you're saying. As I said, Ben Eid is my new favorite action hero. <laughs> In fact, you, you know what? For, for your next book, you have my permission to just to make that a blurb. Just, oh, uh, please. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Benny does be awesome. my new favorite action hero, Martin LaStraps, author of Inside the Outside or whatever the fuck you, you want to put on there. You
1: know what just hit me? Huh. I, 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 Not only could I use that as a blurb, but it could it, it could be used to intimidate the publisher and they be like, <laughs> we better publish him or he'll come here and kick our asses. Um, but no, disclaimer for everyone out there, you know, look, you know, do not take, What I've gone through is gospel. My experience in life is definitely my own. Um, Don't try to emulate what I have just said, okay? If someone's got a knife, if someone's got a gun, run, okay? Do not, you know, become the hero. Um, believe it or not, it takes six to seven years of hardcore training with an airsoft gun, um, which is modified to shoot around at the same speed as a real handgun, to learn how to take a handgun from someone and shove it up their ass if you want. Um, I know how to do it. It's, it's very easy. But at the same time, you're, are, you're going to be put in situations to where if they have the drop on you, trust me, there's nothing I can do. I I must give them my money, you know. So um, I'm not romanticizing it, or in, you know, in any way, shape, or form. And I just want that disclaimer put, you know, because you don't want people going, "Well, if Ben can do it, <laughs> 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 you know." So
0: listen, Ben Eves, you are you are you are both humble and noble, which is exactly what I expect out of my favorite action hero. You have you you have not yet disappointed as my new favorite action hero. This is. This is very exciting, so
1: I see my check for five thousand dollars um you finally received it then <laughs> <laughs> oh man, thank you so much for the kind words man it It really touches my heart thank well, i know.
0: I'll tell you what Ben you've inspired me to share a story- a story of my own and uh it's uh it's i hope it's a it, i i hope it's exciting it's it's not nearly as uh as as amazing as yours, but so I, un- unlike you, it sounds like our, our high school experiences were sort of the polar opposite. In which I, I never, I, I to, to this day, I've never been in a fight, which is something that uh, it's it's a, it's a streak that I hope to keep going for a very long time. Indeed, uh, I, I have no. Um, although I'll tell you what, though I do, I I, um, I love mixed martial arts and I love watching the UFC. So I'm very, very interested in. in and one day maybe doing some uh taking a brazilian jiu jitsu class yeah. i find that very fascinating i would love to learn how to do that shit yeah but that's so, so like in a in a controlled environment like a like a martial arts class certainly i yeah, i would i would go for it. but i've never been in a in a in a scuffle that you know where somebody for one reason or another uh wanted to get into it with me um but i almost was once and and, and that's where this story comes from so i was in high school i was in the 12th grade and uh, I was it was it was Friday a Friday night I believe, uh, hanging out with a uh, with 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 my buddy um, my buddy Marcos. I was about to not say his name, but I was like, you know, he listens to the show, he won't give a shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was hanging out with my buddy Marcos and some other some other fellows. I won't say their names because I don't know what they're doing anymore. But whatever. So there was uh, there was like I guess uh, the three of us all together just hanging out, watching TV or whatever and uh, and the other fella said hey you know what there's there's a there's going to be a party like 10 minutes away and 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 I should preface this by saying that um I I I wasn't one who who went to like cool high school parties so right away I was like oh that's I, I wasn't I I should have listened to my gut I was like that's not we usually just like play video games and and watch horror movies and shit so I I don't know maybe we should stick to the in my head I'm not saying this out loud but but then I'm also you know what this is our senior year in high school there's a, there's a party. There's probably gonna be some cool kids there. <laughs> why, why, why not give this a go? And, and, I, and my friend who's suggesting it, he's, you know, he, he, he seems to have an end. He doesn't, he knows the gal who's hosting the party. I think it was one of those things where her parents were gone for the night or the weekend or whatever. So I think he knows the gal hosting the party, but we don't really know anything else. But, but, you know, why would he suggest it if it was a bad idea? So we, uh, so we go to this party and and again, I, I, especially especially myself and my friend Marcos, this this by by no stretch of the imagination, this was not our crowd. These are not the people we would be hanging out with uh, at at school or outside of school. But I'm just thinking, but whatever, it's 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 a party. It's high school. What we're just gonna go and hang out. What what could possibly happen? Exactly. So- <laughs> so uh so 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 we we park and we're just we're just walking up to the house and it's one of those things where there's a lot of people so there's a few folks you know hanging out outside in the front yard and there's probably people inside we're we're just we're all all we plan to do was walk to the just walk to the front doors all we wanted to do and uh and there was a group of guys one guy in particular they they were uh, uh, i don't know if it was clear to us in that exact moment but they were definitely already drinking um so the one guy who i guess was sort of a uh, the ringleader he was the, the only thing that I could figure is he was both drunk and he just, he he was just looking to to cause trouble. So, so he saw us coming. And of course he he probably could have just, he probably like sniffed us a mile away. He's like, Oh, those guys are probably nervous and don't belong. Can only okay, fuck with them? So, uh, so as we, as we, we don't even approach them. We're just kind of passing them as we're going to the party. And he says to my friend Marcos, he says, did you, did you say I stink? It was it was the weirdest non sequitur ever. Yeah, it was out of nowhere. <laughs> we said nothing. We were just walking to the party and so my friend was like oh, what no? I what? And he's like, Did you say I stink? And and mind you, of course, he said nothing, but so now um, and so my friend Marcos, he was like, No, I I, I didn't say anything. And so just in that in, in the five seconds it took for the you know the, the, the ringleader brute to to sort of ask this weird non sequitur of my friend a crowd of people circled around us. And now I'm looking around like, oh, fuck, I've seen this circle before, except <laughs> I'm usually outside of it. Right. <laughs> and uh, waiting to see, like, yeah, what the fuck's going to happen? But now I'm inside this circle for no good reason, except that I'm going to a party that clearly I shouldn't be at. So now we're sitting there, and, you know, the big drunk brute, he's he's mainly focused on my friend, but, you know, I'm I'm a loyal fella, Ben Eads. You should know this about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so I'm thinking, you know, I... If, God damn it, if if shit goes down, obviously I have to help out my friend. I'm not just going to sit here and let him, you know, let him get, get, get beat up or anything, but you know, there, there's three of us, three of us and there's many of them and this is totally not our scene. And so I don't know how many of these people are this dude's friends, but probably more than three. This is not, I'm just, you know, I'm, you know, as it's happening, I'm just doing the math in my head and it's getting like bloodier and bloodier as I look into the future (laughs) And and this isn't going to feel good. And God damn it. What the, we should have just, we should have just listened to my gut and stayed <laughs> home and watched horror movies and played video games. But well, here we are. God damn it. This is about to become a story. I'm going to tell Ben Eats in about 20 years on a podcast, <laughs> even the podcast haven't been invented yet. And then just like a, just, just like a guardian angel, Ben Eats, this, uh, this guy kind of came out of the crowd and I didn't really know him. I sort of knew him, but I didn't really know him. But Uh, he, I guess he was friends with my brother who was two years ahead of me. And I have to imagine, and and I, you know, the last time I ever saw him in my life was this moment. So I, I've never had the opportunity to find out like what the fuck, but my, my, the, my using my, my reasoning was, uh, it was a combination of maybe he recognized me as his friend's little brother. And this is silly. Why, why am I going to let these poor (laughs) young people get beat up by this drunk, drunk brute, so he just kind of came in and very sort of, you know, nonchalantly kind of I, I, I grabbed the guy, but not even violently, just like as a pal. And he was just like, oh, come on, man. He's, he's just fucking around. He's drunk. And then the guy just, just as quickly was like, yeah, no, he, he, he's right. It's he's cool or whatever. And then the crowd broke up and I'm sitting there like, what the fuck just happened? I, we were about to get beat up for no good reason. And then the, the guy came in and then kind of broke it up and then it was over and then i I, th- I think i think the guardian angel probably spoke to us for a few seconds like whatever don't worry about that guy and then of course we walked into the party which was probably in retrospect not a great idea luckily nothing else uh nothing else exciting happened except it was just like this 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 crazy near death i was about to be in the middle of, of a dog pile of, of of violence which would have been i guess as, as first fights ago i guess it would have been uh, a good one um, I'm grateful that it didn't happen. Except Ben Eads. now uh, in direct contrast of your story, I look like a, a, a big pussy.
1: Well, <laughs> not at all. And I was about to commend you. I mean, the thing of it is, is you know, like I mentioned earlier, on it's something that everyone does, and thankfully. You know, we no longer live in a feudal society where you're having to fight every day, you know, with your neighbor with knives and guns and, and swords, you know, just to you know, over a scrap of food so you can live. So a lot of these things are latent in humans. And if you talk to combat veterans, they're the first ones that'll tell you bullet time exists you know, that there are, um, dare I say, paranormal abilities that the human body has, but only in a combat situation, (laughs) yeah, when you have AK-47 rounds being, you know, uh, shot at you. Um, You can slow down. You can move around them. I've heard, you know, snipers from Vietnam talking about um, looking up into a tree and looking at a bird and being able to look through the bird's eyes and see. And uh, the thing is, is with jitsu, you want to the goal. And that's why every time I, you know, this happens, which is not often, thank God. Um, <laughs> you know, I have to call my buddy Tom to make sure, uh, cause he, you know, I train with him more than I did Greg and, um, make sure that it's okay, you know, and I have to report it. And, um, um, the thing is, is you always, you never, ever, ever want it to go beyond words you know you want to defuse the situation in this case you know uh, it was your body language it was the um, gentleman who stepped in it was a combination of all those things so your inner uh, struggle that you were having you know, your 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 mind like you were saying you're having to come up with a plan A B C D E F and G and oh my god what's going to happen um, all of this um, radiates a certain energy that you can pick up on and I know I'm sounding like some kind of 60s hippie but (laughs) it's true and we do sensitivity training when you're blindfolded and you'd be amazed at what happens when someone comes behind you with a rubber knife and then with a real knife you know it your body knows things your body knows things and that's why they call Shumway which is the inner smile you know um you know shut the thinker off and and let whatever happen happen but the ideal situation is to have absolutely no violence whatsoever and that's the goal. And if it does get violent, you know, then that's a bad. That's a bad outcome. Um, as O Sensei Weishu would say, that you know, that's the goal. You know, you never want to have to resort to violence. You know, unless you're absolutely, you know, pinned into a corner. Um, you know, things of that nature. Um, but no, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, is there's a lot of things that are in every human being, and this is something that uh, I learned very early on in the dojo. Is that everyone is a ninja everyone is and if you do know a certain martial art then you're going to have a much tougher time acclimating you know Mm. and what is latent in every human being is the ability under great duress and that means you know your life is in jeopardy you everyone is a ninja you know and um, there's you know no reason to you know get down on yourself for that whatsoever and in fact I commend you um, you know, uh, that's awesome. That's a much better outcome. You know, it could have gone really bad in my situation, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, he did have a gun on him, you know. Um, so it could have gone really bad for me, you know, And for a while, I asked myself, I'm like, you know, did I really handle this the right way? You know, but when you're in the moment, you know, you can't really think, you know, you just act. And um, you know, to this day, I, I, I hope he's okay. You know, I mean, I really do. Of course,
0: um, you do because you're Ben Ead's action star. I've, I I want to grow up to be just like. That's exactly what she would want because you're you're tough, but you're noble. You know, you're 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 you know, you're savage, but you're fair. You know, these are all the things that I that I love in in, in an action star, which is why you're at the number one. A couple of things, first of all. <laughs>
1: Ben, what are you trying to accomplish with your new novel? <laughs> to kill everyone in the village and hear the lamentations of the women.
0: <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> one I'm thing sorry. that one thing that I don't want to let slip, slip through the cracks. I, I just want to thank you for confirming that I, Martin Lestraps, am in fact a ninja. You I've are. I've been telling people this for years, <laughs> Ben. nobody. I tell you, nobody will give me the, 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 They'll give me credit for it. But now, I, hopefully, coming from you. They'll start to actually give some credence to this. Uh, but something else, and I meant to bring this up earlier. Yeah. I don't know if you've thought of it before, but holy shit, if if you've not begun writing your 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 life story and fictionalizing it, then (laughs) then you are wasting just just a gold mine, a goddamn gold mine of storytelling. (laughs) And if I can just throw this out there, uh uh everybody's a ninja, hashtag, title, just there. I've I've done I've, I've done the groundwork. Just you do the rest because I can't wait to read it.
1: Yeah, it's going to be awesome, I think, because, you know, it's weird. I I have a lot of friends who are writers, and we talk on the phone or we talk on Skype. i got friends, you know, kind of um, um, in different places, Spain, you know, the UK, Wales and whatnot. Of course you do. um, Benny's action star. Go ahead. (laughs) And, uh, you know, like they'll share a story. And trust me, it is just absolutely unbelievable. And I'm like, wow, that's holy dog shit, you know? Uh, Or as Pam would say from Archer, you know, holy shit snacks. (laughs) And uh, you know, and they're like, well, well, Ben, have you ever had something happen to you, lad? And I'm like, "Um, well, there's this time. And then like ten minutes later, they're like, well, you know what? Thanks, Ben. I'm like, why? And they're like, well. You know, it's not like I haven't achieved anything in my life, and I'm like, I'm not that cool. Trust me, I'm not. I'm 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 actually a very boring person. You should see me on dates, man. I totally bomb. I mean, I do. I mean, trust me, you don't want my life. It's a very boring. I'm not very interesting at all, and it's not me being humble. I'm being honest. Listen,
0: I listen. I I, I appreciate you trying to put a, a Clark Kent face on this. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you cannot hide that big red S coming off of your chest. I'm sorry, Benny's action star. That's, that's your new full name, by the way.
1: Well, you know, what's funny is, um, my friends back in the day when, when Tom would come over, I used to have this little cottage home. I'll make the story short. And, um, you know we would you know beat each other up that's or dance or whatever you want to call it and we wouldn't do sparring in the dojo cuz it's it's it doesn't help it doesn't work you're going to you're going to get your ass handed to you because if you spar in a dojo and this is something that um a lot of people um that are listening to this that are into martial arts um hopefully i can get through to you with this um there's rules you have pads there's rules you only go a certain you know extent and in the Bujinkan dojo, we don't spar, and so what we wound up doing is going to play it against sports, spending about forty bucks, you know, for a, a hockey goalie helmet, you know, um, full pads, a whole nine yards, and even then, you know, um, we we would hold back from time to time. But in a controlled environment like that, we would have a goal in mind, you know, circles, you know, that's everything. How long is your circle? How wide is it? You know, given your body dynamics, understand it's much like dancing. It's all in the feet. And um, after class, you know, Tom and I would just go full fucking tilt. I mean, we would, you know, and uh, Tom was his star student. And um, Tom actually has a scroll from uh, Hatsumi sensei, who is the soke or that's bastardized English for Grandmaster, uh, but that's not really what it means in Japan, and he's a national living treasure, by the way. He owns wow. 14, uh, yeah, he's carrying on that thousand-year lineage, and um, at any rate, we would train in the backyard a lot, and my friends would come over and watch, and uh, even to this day, I have like new friends that find out, you know, because you can tell in the way you carry yourself, and um, I'll show them just one thing, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll say, hey, check this out real quick. And you know, get them in front of me, and I'm like, "All right, watch this and they and they wind up throwing me, and of course, I know how to roll right out of it, and they go, "Holy shit, I didn't do anything. all I did was move my body and see in that moment, you can see that you can oh you you can really teach this very easily to people it's very it's so easily transmitted, and um on the side, you know i I train people from time to time, I'm not looking for students, but a dear friend of mine. Um, his wife uh, was four foot eleven, and they had just gotten their um, their permits for their uh, conceal and carry. And by the time I was done training, his wife she no longer needed her gun, and her husband, which was like I think six foot four. She was throwing him around the house, and he was complaining to me. And he's like, "Man, you need to stop fucking teaching her how to whoop people's asses because you know what she did to me last night." (laughs) So, regardless of gender, and that's another thing I'd like to dispel right off the bat. You know, there's a lot of uh, men who think that they are superior to women in you know physique and that they're more powerful. Well, not really. Um, That's a misnomer. And um, I'm training with a woman right now, Michelle, who has um, spent half her life in China, half her life in Japan, Wing Shong, Shaolin, a whole bunch of stuff that I've never been introduced to before. Um, you know, no offense to Tom or Greg, but man, you know, she, trust me, take any, I don't care who they are, Mike Tyson in his prime, she will hand him his ass for a hat and he will ask her if if he looks pretty in it. (laughs) Again, you know, the emphasis is the art of defeating the superior opponent and it's empowering to show people that yes, you can defend yourself and, um, very easily. And, um, yeah, so I love being able to show people, you know, like if you lived right next door to me, 15 minutes, I can turn you into a badass, so.
0: God damn. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, on that note, uh, how's the writing going? <laughs> see what it's, I did <laughs> Because I had, I had no idea how to transition out of that. Well, actually, you know what? We'll just do it like this. The, there's no way to, uh, to smoothly transition out of just the – at this point, it's not quite been an hour, but it's been – Forty five. Forty five. <laughs> it's been like we haven't touched writing, and and I've not I've not regretted one second of this conversation. This is goddamn amazing. But I want to be fair to you because because you're not just Ben Eats Action Star. You're also <laughs> you know you you're also at this point uh, a critically acclaimed horror author, and so I, I want to make sure that we that we and uh, th- fairness that we spend time talking about that. So the the first appearance you made on the podcast. This is your second appearance for anybody keeping count was uh, episode 53. It was back in February of 2015. And at that point, um, your debut novella, Crack Sky, which was put out by Omni and Gatherum, um, it had only just barely entered the world. But now it's been well over a year since Crack Sky's been out, out, out in the world. So let me ask you this. Um, what's life been like as, the, as, as, as an acclaimed horror author uh, in, in the last year, Benny Action star?
1: Um, uh, remove the acclaimed and, and we're, and we're more to reality. Um, I, I've seen
0: acclaim, <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead.
1: Um, I mean, it, you know, it's been awesome. And, um, you know, uh, this, this, I had no clue, you know, that, um, that this particular story cracks guy would resonate so well, open doors for me. And I think the, you know, the biggest benefit is, you know, getting people who actually write you emails, you know, and, um, and them expressing how it emotionally touched them, how it helped them through their situation. Um, you know, they didn't lose their child, you know, heaven forbid that happened to anyone. Um, you know, but they were going through a tough time and they were much like Steven and, and it helped them. And that to me, you know, is, excuse me, is, um, is is everything um it's opened doors for me um you know i was amazed to see that crack sky made the bram stoker awards preliminary ballot Mm -hmm. trust me it didn't go any further than that so (laughs) let's not get any delusions of grandeur um but that was
0: awesome i mean it's not like everybody gets that far
1: exactly and um you know, it, well, like I said, you know, it opened a lot more doors for me. I got invited to some anthologies and, um, you know, it's it's really trying to build my street cred, <laughs> but I laugh only because of this, you know, the, uh, the uh, rock star kick-ass guy that you were portraying me to be.
0: Oh, it I, is not a portrayal, my friend. <laughs> All I'm doing is painting a word picture of the reality of Ben Ead's action star.
1: You know, but, I, you know, I must say, I mean, it was awesome. I mean, what really blew me away was you know you write the you you write a novella right and then you have it published but you know it takes you forever to find it very good home for that press it's published you market the hell out of it and then you go you know writing it was hard working in final edits was hard but finding a following just whoop my ass and let's just get it over with you know <laughs> i mean i gotta admit you know as you know um You know, I didn't fall into a depression or anything, but Mm -hmm. I mean, it was pretty dark. I mean, you know, thankfully there were, you know, heaven, you know, God bless Keelan Patrick Burke. I mean, my God, God bless Gene O'Neill. God bless Mercedes M. Yardley. I mean, these are people um, whom I love. I mean, you know, legends in the field or becoming legends in the field. And there's some of my favorite writers and, um, you know, getting behind the work, not just blurbing it, but getting on their Facebook page and saying, you know, hey, you know, let me help out with sales. You know, let me talk about it for a while. You know, Mark McLaughlin stepped into the same. Um, John McIverson did the same. And it just really, you know, touched me where I live. And um, because, as you know, we have very, very, very few readers today compared to, you know, even 10, 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. And you really need the support of the community, you know. Um, if, like for example, you know, if Mark McLaughlin, you know, Bram Stoker award-winning writer Mark McLaughlin, if he says, you know, I love Crack Sky on his page, you know, then that's going to generate sales. And um, people who pay it forward, who are benevolent and, um, you know, God bless them. I mean, you know, without their help i mean i would not be here you know and uh it wouldn't be doing as well as it has there's a lot of luck that that comes into that and it took me almost a year and i'm still trying to find my following don't get me (laughs) wrong i mean everyone is but um yeah i mean it, it was you know thrown to the wolves here you go in a good way and um you know after that it was okay what do i work on and um I had written a short story that appeared in uh, Crystal Lake's uh, Tales from Volume or Tales from Lake Volume Two, and I had written a short story for a anthology that is about to be announced this October. That awesome. I can't I can't talk about just yet, but yeah, I'll be sharing the pages with some amazing people, and I can't wait. Um, some of which are, you know, I grew up reading and. Um, you know, would sit there reading the story and go, God, one day, wouldn't it be nice to share the pages with these people? And it's happening, but, um, it's a much different world than it is now. If you were to ask, and they have on Big Think interviews with John Irving, you know, um, you know, from, he's from yesteryear. And would you, if you were younger, if you're coming up now knowing what you know, would you try? No, I would blow my fucking brains out with a (laughs) handgun. That was his, you know, um... That was his answer. It's just too hard. And he said that he had he had um, lunch with his agent. And he said, now, today, if I gave you, and I forget the title of his first book, but if I were to turn this into you, would you accept it? And his agent said, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then he said, no, let's just, come on, let's just be honest. And he said, no, no, I wouldn't.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you
1: hear about, you know, the Man Booker Prize winner was rejected 280 times before that found a press. Wow. So, it's very difficult and it's really funny cuz okay, here's what's going to bring you back down to reality. So, I'm single, looking to mingle and uh <laughs> you know, I have a dear friend of mine that that works at 711. Uh, and I went in to say hi to him. And um, there was this very, you know, I could just tell, you know, she was radiating, you know, there was a, there was a click there, if you will, Um, very, very bright, you know, you you could just tell by looking at her, she had a fierce intelligence, um, and, and attractive, and, and, um, you know, he said, oh, well, you know, this is, um, have you met my, uh, my uh, friend Ben, you know, he's, he's the writer that I was telling you about, and she goes, oh, a writer, oh, okay. (laughs) And... And he looks at me like, I'm sorry, I tried, I tried to hook you up, man. And, you know, that's, yeah, so <laughs> that's one story. Yeah. But yeah, I've tried writing more no more novellas, more novels, they've blown up in my face, but I'm very pleased to say that, yes, I'm about almost halfway through my, this, I've written novels before, but they've all failed, they suck, they were terrible. <laughs> um, but this one is definitely really kicking my ass and uh the working title is shady hills and um i have turned in you know the first few chapters um to my prospective publisher and yeah so far so good you know my beta readers um the ones that will they spare no quarter and no mercy and i've asked them you know look i'm looking to grow as a writer i don't take myself seriously but i take my work seriously and uh you know i can take it be honest and they're like yeah you know this is a lot better i'm seeing you growing as a writer and um so it's awesome to have a bigger canvas than a novella to finally have you know okay a first second and third full act you know get mm-hmm. out of the get out of the short story realm get out of the novella realm and do it and as you know the stories are the boss and this one actually says something so um but yeah it's it's essentially um, I would call it. Uh, I don't want to give too much away about it, but uh, if you can take the Twilight Zone episode, the famous one, "The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street," um, and combine that with actual real supernatural horror, you know, and of course with Crack Sky, there's a lot of emotions. I mean, it's it's also very harrowing. Um, Clyde, <clears throat> excuse me, Clyde Barker, and uh, you know he's uh, the biggest influence on my writing, only because of the a imagination expanding elements. You know, he would really like. I remember reading, there's few books I've ever read, and Great and Secret Show is one of them, where your imagination, not to quote Spinal Tap, but it's turned up to 11. <laughs> yeah, the amp goes up to 11. Well, what's the difference? Is 10 is 11? No, it's 11. It's one higher. And, um, you know, J.G. Ballard, you know, Nothing is True, Nothing is Untrue. And really, kind of, you know, letting us have a look at ourselves. You know, what are we becoming here without being overt and preachy, you know? Um, And so, yeah, I'm having a blast with it. It's kicking my ass, and it'll probably (laughs) take me another year just to get the rough draft down. But you know, when you're working with your first real piece, mm-hmm. when you know you know the hair stands on the back of your neck, the goose bumps on the flesh, and you know it has teeth and it's it's like you know um, I wouldn't know i mean i've I've smoked cigarettes you know um uh halfway through my life I mean, I know how tough it was getting off cigarettes, but it's like having that. You know, that constant nagging on your shoulder. Hey, are you writing me? You know you want to write me. You're in the world. You, you know you want to write. Many <laughs> a sleepless nights, you know, staring at shitty writing and then, you know, finally finding the right turn of phrase. and then. But hopefully it'll be finished uh, in 2017, released in 2017. I highly doubt it, but maybe 2018. But that's that's where my focus is right now, helping presses. Um, I'm helping Omnium Gatherum. We just, um, you know, took on Gene O'Neill and uh, Mike, yeah, we just gained him. We have a lot of other things coming down the pipeline I can't announce just yet, but yeah, Omnium Gatherum and Crystal Lake Publishing is just exploding by leaps and bounds. And then, um, so I'm helping them with editing. Uh, We're working on a novella right now that's just absolutely killer. And uh, I can't wait for it to be released. And um, it's just amazing working with Kate Jones. You know, she's the best editor that I've worked with so far. I've learned so much from her. And um, so I basically split up my time, um, you know, away from my part-time day job, uh, you know, in editing and in writing as well. And I think one helps the other, at least it does for me, you know. And um, it, it helps you set that, you know that high watermark for what your fiction needs to be, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. I actually wanted to ask you about the, about the editing and how it affects the writing. But, uh, but before I do, I re- put a pin on that one. Cause I actually did want to ask you about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, one thing I can definitely say, if, if your experience is anything like mine, cause like, like so many authors um, uh, I, I cut my teeth writing short stories and, and not even necessarily short stories that got published. In fact, Um, I, I think, yeah, I I think I I maybe I'm trying to think I, uh, I I think two, I think I had two short stories published, uh, you know, whenever, whenever it was, I don't know, 10 or so years ago, but, uh, but, but wrote many, many more. And, and, and the primary purpose that they ultimately served was just, just kind of cutting my teeth, learning how to tell a story, doing a lot of bad writing to eventually, as as you said, eventually kind of break through and start to start to little by little discover what good writing not just what it sounds like but um what it feels like if that makes sense it's like you know the words come out your fingertips onto the page and you just realize oh that was right that's okay that actually that that felt right let me see if i can you know do that again yeah. um and then eventually when i when i would eventually write my first well actually before i wrote my first novel i remember having ideas for stories and then, you know, they become short stories and you know, maybe I would get say ten, fifteen pages out of it. And I just couldn't imagine. I, I could not imagine how I could squeeze any more than fifteen pages out of this story where after I wrote my first novel and uh and, and, and as you say, I really got to feel that broad landscape, that that big that big playground that that now I don't think I can ever get the genie back into the bottle. I don't think I'm capable of writing a short story because now when I have an idea, it just <laughs> it just explodes into you know eighty thousand words before I know what happened. And I couldn't even, and, uh, and 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 oftentimes I even just I realize just how how much more respect I have for for those authors who've really like dedicated themselves to to the craft of short story writing because it really is a craft. It's still writing. It's still storytelling. But I think it, it's it's it's. it's it's, you know, it's, it's, um, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's a different muscle. It's a different skill. Like it's, you you can't just, it's, it's not, it's not as easy as, it's not as easy as saying, well, I, you know, I write novels, let me write a short story. Like there's a real craft to it. And I, I absolutely respect those folks, but I, I'll be very curious to see with you, Ben Eats, action star, if after <laughs> you um, effectively finish what will no doubt be uh, a wonderful sophomore effort, uh, if, in fact, you will also have <clears throat> the same trouble I did, which is going back and trying to write shorter pieces and, and finding that, you know what, now that I've been in this big playground, I can't imagine uh, going backwards. Also, while I'm thinking about it, next time you go to Seven Eleven, here's what I want to happen. I would love to be your wingman because I'll tell you what. Your pal, one. <laughs> he had the best intentions, but I, I, I what you need... Uh, you need me. You need your biggest fan, who has your poster up on his wall and wears your T-shirt every day, uh, to stand by your side and say, "I'm I'm sorry, ma'am. Do you, Do you know who this is? <laughs> this is Ben Eats Action Star. And by the way, there is, in fact, a colon in between that. That's Ben Eats Colon Action Star. That's how he signs his checks. I should know. I'm on the payroll. <clears throat> I
1: think I think we could get a movie deal. I, I, I really think we could. I mean, you know, Steven Seagal and and uh, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. You know, they're not really in demand anymore. And you know, it kind of went to Jet Li and Jackie Chan. And and you know, to you know back back to that. And um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's room for hey guys, how's it going? You know, the nice guy of the neighborhood, the unassuming man that's you know only five foot six. Looks like he's twelve years old. Um, except for the salt and pepper in my goatee.
0: <laughs> well, um, so I have to imagine it's only a matter of time before the Expendables four goes into production. <laughs> and what it does, if Ben E.'s Action Star doesn't get a phone call, then that my friend's what I call a travesty.
1: That is a travesty and it will not stand. <laughs> yes, I, I, I agree a hundred percent now. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's 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 really weird because, you know, I, I have, you know, these neighbors that God bless them. You know, it. I, I I surprise them all the time, and you know that's that's the one thing that that kind of you know shocks me. But but yeah, get, you know, getting back to what you said, I mean, I'm with you there 100. percent I mean, after I wrote Crack Sky, um, I had a request to do a short story, and I'm I'm telling you, God, it. Oh. If you were to put a gun to my head right now and say, "You know what? I'll write a short story." You just have to go ahead and pull the trigger. <laughs> I mean, cuz you're right, and it's funny, you know, I was reading Stephen King, um, you know how he annotates his stories afterwards if it's a collection. Yeah. And uh this is in 08, I believe, when I was um um starting out just with short fiction. And here he is complaining. He's like, "Oh my god, you don't know how hard it is, you know?" I mean, writing short and I'm like, "Really? Because I'm doing like two a day." you know uh and then once and, you know then I understood after I wrote crack sky and then I started writing you know a novel and it blew up it a novel it blew up and people were like you know we'd love to have a short and 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 truth be told you know I just couldn't make it for some of them you know and they got turned down for being not good and um I'm I'm very happy that happened you know honesty is the best policy and I don't want mediocre work out there um but yeah I mean it is so complicated and so when Joe Minert, owner of Crystal Lake Publishing, said, well, you know, about a year and a half ago, you did submissions, you, you know, uh, did judging for the contests that we had, you're exceptional at that, how about you edit Tales from Lake Volume 4? And I'm like, okay, I can edit short stories. But as far <laughs> as writing them, you know, so I guess in this interview, I, I get to deliver the, listen, guys, it's got to be good. But at the same time, I'm, yeah. And I think every writer kind of goes through those phases. You know, once you write the novel, you know, you're in love with that. And if you really care about your characters, I mean, that's a great sign, that's a great trait to have because it shows you care about your characters and you care to see the long run. Where do they go? Through three full acts, as opposed to. Uh, I mean, a short story used to be considered, you know, below 20,000 words. Now it's below 5,000 words. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and then an addendum to that in the submission guidelines is we would prefer 2,400 words. (laughs) And that's when it gets to the point where you're like, okay, the story is going to be bereft emotion, bereft character development. And so I guess it's going to be a terror tale. And as the great pulp master of the golden age in the 20s, Hugh B. Cave, one of uh, my favorite writers, had said that the terror tale is one that's best told short. You know, It starts with, you know, uh, all right, honey, you ready uh, for daddy to walk you out to get you to the school bus? Yeah, daddy, I'm ready. You got your lunch, botched, uh, darling? Yeah, daddy. All right, honey, let's go outside. You open the door, and that's when the screaming starts. And it's just pulse-pounding terror that just keeps getting worse to the end. I love those, you know, type of terror tales. And... um so, I mean, maybe something of that nature, but yeah, it, to me, it's like a foreign language, a short story right now. Mm-hmm. You know, fuck flag, uh, flash fiction. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> forget it. <laughs> And then I hear people are like, you know, I wrote a Twitter story in 147 characters, and I'm like, oh fuck off. <laughs> At that point, I'm so jealous. It's like, all right, you know, all right, good for you, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, before we get any further, I, I feel like uh, the lead might have got buried there. Congratulations on the on the editing gig with the uh, Crystal Lake Publishing, because uh, Crystal Lake they they put out a, a lot of really really quality work uh, all the time, and uh, uh, and and so for for them to invite you in. To, to To be an editor of their uh, of, of their of their upcoming collector is it is it something you're working on right now or what What's the deal with that?
1: Yeah, I mean it is a great honor. I mean it really is. Um, you know, I, I think it's really sad that I, I I don't know if you've witnessed it or not. I know you're on Facebook a lot, but we've lost like six presses in the last three months. Oh wow! You know, a uh, lot of I don't yeah, realize it. Yeah, and. The inside track shows that we we're probably gonna be losing some more very soon. And of course there's gonna be some that, you know, stand the test of time, you know, Cemetery Dance, um, you know, Weird Tales, Dark Discoveries. But what I'm finding that's working out much better is, you know, the business plans that a press like Omnium Gatherum and Crystal Lake Publishing have. They're gonna stand the test of time. Um, They have a great strategy. Their heart's in it for all the right reasons, and they're really, like I said, growing by leaps and bounds. and I love both of them. Um, As of now, um, we're thinking that we're going to be opening these submissions for Tales from the Lake. This is our annual anthology, our masthead anthology, uh, between uh, November and December of this year. And um, I it, we got about 600 submissions uh, for Tales from Lake Volume 3 wow. uh, last year, and we're expecting double that this year. Um, Monique uh, Snydman uh, did the – and I, I, I hope I did not mispronounce her last name. Um, she is an awesome editor, and she's also a hell of a writer too. Um, and she's the uh, main editor for Crystal Lake Publishing. Um, she did Tales from Lake Volume 3. Um, you know, there was a mix of three people for Tales from Lake Volume Two, and I think Joe did the first one. But uh, Joe's really wanting, you know, a different editor for for every Tales from the Lake anthology. It's a non-themed anthology. Um, some people look at it as loosely themed, but in a way, it's a play on words in that we have discovered new writers, and um, also, you know, some kings of the hills and queens of the hills. And we're looking to publish them. So for all of you writers out there, and I'll just get this out of the way very quickly. For all of you writers out there who are interested um, in the horror genre and you want to get into one of the best presses that there is, um, these are the authors who have been published in Tales from the Lake, Volumes 1 and 2 and, um, and 3. So this is who you're going to be this level this is what you're going to have to bring. Okay? Cue the dun, dun, dun. We are not looking for trunk stories. We are looking for the very best short story you have ever written. Um, we're very good about keeping some very big name writers. That announcement's not going to come just yet. Um, as well as new up-and-coming writers as well. So here's just a short list Of the authors that have been published in the Tales from the Lake volume anthologies Jack Ketchum, Ramsey Campbell, Graham Masterton, Elizabeth Massey, Bev Vincent, Tim Wagoner, Rena Mason, Tim Leben, Aaron. Dries, Edward Lee, Lisa Morton, Kate Jones, John Polisano, Richard Chismar, Rick Hatala, Brian Hodge, Todd Kesling, Tim Leben, Joe McKinney, Armand Rosamilia, Jeremy C. Ship, Jean Claude Smith, Jeff Strand, John Whalen, and Taylor Grant, uh, William Mickle, Jasper Bark, uh, Mark Allen Gunnels, uh, Taylor Grant, Patrick Rotigliano. So, with that being said, you trust me. You do not want to be the writer in the Amazon review that doesn't get called out. Or if you do, you're the weakest story there. Um, you know, you're really going to have to bring your A game with this one. We're looking for stories that, and so the submission guidelines uh, will be published um, about mid-November. But essentially what we're looking for in the type of horror fiction is people, not characters. We want short fiction that is going to stay with the reader for a very long time. Uh, We both know as writers that it is very difficult. I mean when was the last time you were authentically scared by fiction, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So we need something that's going to get close. You know, sending the chills up the spine, making the goose flesh come out, and again sticking with the with the reader for a very, very long time um That's just a short listing of who has appeared in these anthologies, and like any press that has an annual anthology, we're always looking to outdo the previous ones. And I think that um, just as the third one was the hardest one to get into and, you know, going backwards, this one's definitely going to be the hardest one to get into. And um, we're really looking forward to seeing some amazing talent, you know, from writers um, who are up and coming, haven't, you know, really, um, you know, they're not bestsellers. You know, they're they're just starting their careers and and, uh, whatnot. We're really looking forward to that, so –
0: that is very, very, very awesome, and that is a really amazing list of authors that uh, the Crystal Lake has published in their in their anthologies. I, I've actually had the pleasure of uh, of interviewing uh, at least two of them on the podcast, which is Jasper Bark and Mark Allen Gunnels. Both of them were uh, wonderful to chat with. So, uh, oh, yeah. So in my own in my own way, I, I feel like I've I've also taken part in the anthology, even though obviously I
1: haven't. Uh, We'd love to see a submission from you, brother. You have the chops. I mean. I, you're one of my favorite up and coming writers. You know, that's why I, I kind of Facebook stalk you. <laughs> so I would love to see something from you, man. I would love to.
0: I, well, it's, well, you know what? I appreciate that. Cause I'll tell you what, as you were talking about it, the, the whole time you were talking in my head, I was thinking, could I do it? No, I don't think I could do it. Of course you can could do, I it. do it. No, I don't know if I could do it. Um, but you know what you, you, you might very well have, have pushed me over the edge with the, uh, with a little bit of a pep talk there and and you might very well see uh, a, a submission from uh from from Martin so we'll 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 see uh, we'll see what actually happens with that and submission's open in November is that the word
1: it's gonna be uh we're still kind of working it out I think the sooner the better um in terms of you know the publishing schedule, um I think it was kind of you know we were discussing Joe and I, you know the owner and editor in chief of the press, November or December, and I'm like, well, <laughs> if we're getting over a thousand submissions, please just they'll start in November. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's the thing too. I mean, you know if the story has you know the a, a great foundation, you know it's 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 unique. Not every, you know, nothing's unique anymore. We both know that. Mm -hmm. And like Stephen King said, you have to hide your sources. Now, if you can do that, if you can mask it by ambiguity or through the emotional um, connections, then it does, in a way, become unique. Um, Then, yeah, go for it. I mean, if it has those qualities, you know, um, if everything's there, if the the emotional foundation is there, if you're really putting me on the edge of my seat – but it could you know it could use a little bit here use a little bit there you know that's what we do and um you know most presses if there's a comma in the wrong place rejection <laughs> you know um but yeah i mean if the first sentence starts with he watched well and that's something that i'm not putting it out there to talk trash um i'm hoping that people who are very interested in submitting to uh, Chris Lake Publishing will understand that um, this is a very beginner's mistake, as I'm sure you're aware. Um, that's not the most important thing happening here, you know. Um, so again, you know, deep, um, I want emotions. This is called horror. Horror is an emotion. Uh, let me feel the emotions. Uh, give me emotions. You know, it doesn't have to be overt. It doesn't have to be The Notebook by Nicholas Sparks with Cthulhu. Um, one thing I would love to see, uh, would be humor horror. I'm a huge fan of Jeff Strand. Um, I mean, he has you laughing your ass off in one sentence and in the next chills go up your spine. And there's very few readers or writers that I can actually say that about, you know, and, um, you know, that's basically what we're looking for. A well-told story, um, Now there has been stories in the past, and I won't give too much away because they're really good stories. But Vincenzo Biloff, who had a story called Ripperscape, and it appeared in Tales from Lake Volume Two, um, it was a very bloody story, you know. um, But he did something with it that I haven't seen done since the death of J.G. Ballard. And again, I don't want to give it away. I want people to read the story without spoilers, but. Mm He totally i mean it was like J. G. Ballard wrote that story, and that was just awesome, you know, and I haven't seen that done in quite some time, and it's not necessarily about what I like it what it comes down to is achievement, you know again, I'm representing the press, and obviously we want readers happy, and we want to give them their best bang for their buck, and we definitely want to make sure you know that they in some way um you know again. Cannot forget these stories, you know um, they will not leave them. I, you know I want readers to think about these stories for six months. I want them to think it for a year and six months, you know and um you know some of the time when you're helping a press, you do find stories, but they fall short in certain areas, and so you write the uh the author of the work and you say, "Look, you know, if we can just amp this up here, amp the emotion there, I'd be ha- more than happy to publish this." you know so i think that's more than fair really and um yeah we're really looking to seeing some some really good submissions from folk
0: well that that's awesome that's that's very 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 exciting and again uh congratulations on uh on on you know crystal lake asking you to to uh to head the charge as editor that's uh as you said it really is a a terrific honor and i'm happy for you and uh as as my friend i'm also very proud of you it's just a very very cool thing and and also really as ben benny's action star i just liked i like to see uh how varied your your colors are so that's wonderful you're not just an action star but you're also a writer and now uh and an editor uh well i'll tell you what ben i i really truly could probably sit here and uh and gab with you for uh another uh hour or so but Um, But we'll save it for another time because you've been more than generous with your time. And quite frankly, I need time to decompress from the goddamn fucking amazing action story. (laughs) Can I get one last plug in real quick? By all means, go for it.
1: Uh, Crystal League Publishing, uh, their latest release is Blackwater Val by William Gorman. And trust me, folks, uh, Brian Keane has hailed it um, uh, as being fantastic. It is. Trust me. Anything by William Gorman, check out. Crystal League Publishing is on Patreon. Uh, Patreon is um, much, you know, kind of like a crowdsourcing, but they are they seem to be doing a little bit better. Um and here's the thing: um, you can go to www.patreon, and that's uh, P is in Paul, A is in Alpha, T is in Tango, R is in Romeo, E is in Echo, O is in Orange, and is in November.com forward slash CLP. And if you go there, you will have an awesome little video describing to you all the benefits uh, by author Jasper Bark um very quickly the rewards for the first 100 patrons patron 1 to uh number 1 to number 30 an ebook copies of tales from lake volume 1 volume 2 and horror 201 the silver scream uh, patrons 31 to 60 ebook copies of Tales from Lake Volume 1 and 2. Patrons 61 to 100 ebook copies of Horror 201 The Silver Scream. Um, the writers on writing nonfiction, the Horror 101, the Horror 201 The, Horror 201, the Silver Scream, were a Brom Stoker uh, nominated works. Um, we also draw a few extra winners from the first hundred patrons. First prize a paperback copy of horror 201, one signed by Tom Holland, the legendary Mick Garris, who has, um, brought many of Stephen King's works to television. Uh, Taylor Grant, Kevin Wetmore, Eric Miller, Billy Hansen, Steven Johnson, and James Colin Prasac. Second prize is any crystal lake pack paperback of your choice. um, And everyone will have a chance to read sample chapters from three of our upcoming titles. Now, here is the thing. First and foremost, writers whom wish to contribute to Crystal Lake Lake Publishing's Patreon will be able to submit their work a month early for Tales from Lake Volume 4 as well as any other anthologies they will be publishing. Um, We also have... An eBay page where we are selling signed copies of um, some of you know some of the best writers in in the genre that we're publishing. Um, if you go to eBay and look for Crystal underscore Lake underscore Publishing, you will find them there. They have awesome stuff there. Um, guys, be on the lookout um, for anything coming from Crystal Lake. Anything coming from Omnium Gatherum. Um, they're going to stand the test of time. They're growing by leaps and bounds, whether you're a reader and you're looking for something new or a writer and you're looking for a new home. With all these presses falling down, um, Omnium Gatherum, uh, who I'm helping, um, as well as Crystal Lake Publishing, the the authors are coming to us, either press, and uh, it's awesome. Of course, we would like to get writers in a different way. um you know and, and in some instances um it's very bad what happened and they're not getting their royalties and they're not getting their rights back um but yes um it seems that these two presses are you know becoming very very quickly the go-to presses for horror so keep your eyes peeled subscribe to the websites you can go to crystal lake pub and that's www.crystallakepub.com or you can go to omnium gatherum dot uh, books.com and read about both presses and um see if what they have in store as a reader and as a writer for you.
0: That's and you know what uh, so long as we're uh, talking about uh uh writers and books and some of our favorite writers uh I'd like to do a little plug of 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 my own for uh for an outstanding writer his name is Ben Eid. Oh, and well, uh and his debut effort is called Cracked Sky and uh if i haven't said so already in the last uh hour hour 20 minutes or so uh cracked sky is an outstanding debut effort that uh, ben Ead should be very proud of and uh and you guys should go ahead and check it out if you haven't already uh and hopefully one of these days i would love to get uh, ben Ead's on the show ironically i have ben Ead's action star this week on the podcast but uh um, but maybe Benny's author would a uh, would a uh, would make an appearance. Uh, one of the I, actually, you know, come to think of it, I'm just being silly. But honestly, uh, I would like to have you back on the show sometime soon because, um, I I anticipated that uh, that you know we we would uh, we would do some we would uh, talk shop and get into some uh, writing talk, but then you just kind of blew me away with your crazy action star stories that <laughs> that they, they are going to keep me entertained for for the next several days, if not weeks. But but I would like to have you back on just to. Just a talk shop and really kind of break down the writing process uh, as far as how you do it and kind of compare notes. I think that would actually be a lot of fun.
1: Oh, man, it sure would. And I would be honored to be on. And before I go, too, I, I must say uh, the first book I read of yours was Inside the Outside. Oh, did
0: you read that?
1: <laughs> oh, my dude. I immediately was like, OK, now I'm going to have to Facebook stalk this guy. <laughs> And then I I heard The
0: Vampire, The Hunter,
1: and The Girl, uh, which is, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, this is a trilogy and this is book one, correct? Uh,
0: That is absolutely correct.
1: And that came out last year? Last year. year?
0: In fact, uh, book one came out um, March uh, March of last year, March 20th.
1: And now I understand when I read it uh, how and why you received that very prestigious award and 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 where was it uh paris france it was
0: uh, yeah the inside the outside won the grand prize in the paris book festival but who's keeping track
1: wow can dude you deserved it i mean i mean this is and the thing that i love about it is and i know i i could go on forever about this again i have a penchant for verbosity but you write modern and I hate using that term, you know. It's it's a marketing term. that gets thrown around a lot. But I liken it to the work of Joe Hill, where we have characters of our generation that we can actually believe in, you know. And not a lot of people are doing that. So kudos to you, man. Kudos to you. And and I'm a diehard fan as well. And um, you know, thank you for writing those, man. It it really, uh, I think the Vampire, the Hunter, and 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 the Girl really got me back into vampires. <laughs> I mean. You know, it was just absolutely awesome. It was, and, and one thing that I don't see a lot in fiction, especially nowadays, it's almost as if uh, writers are no more concerned about being entertaining. And you never fail to entertain. Uh, whilst, thank you so much. Whilst delivering the words, you know, there's a multi-layered voice to it. You're going to have a long and fruitful career in this, and it's an honor um, to have you as a colleague and as a friend. And um, yeah, man, keep knocking them out of the park because I, you know, when is and I don't know if if this is um, uh, very tactful, but. Um, do you have anything else coming out soon because I I need to know. I have an, <laughs> an addiction now, so.
0: That's uh you I well luckily this is an audio medium so nobody can see me blushing. Um that said, I am I'm knee deep in uh what is technically my my fifth novel. Like the the vampire trilogy, even though all three books are out in, in my mind that it, it's really it's one book, but there, but they're three books. So so technically I'm, I'm working on my fifth novel but as far as you know stories go i feel like it's my third novel but i'm uh similar kind of like what i was talking about earlier it's it's um it's it, it i'm like sixty thousand words into it and it's i'm barely halfway through uh through my outline so it's it's uh it's turning into this uh this fun epic novel that's much it's getting a Bigger and bigger than I, than I anticipated, and um, i I think I've talked about it a little bit before. I'm similar to you, where I, I don't want to. I'm always weary of giving away too too much. Um, but but for the sake of satisfying uh, the you know Ben needs, uh, uh, you know what I've just now learned is, is an addiction for for Martin Straps, uh, horror <laughs> star or, or whatever. I was trying to come up with it, whatever. Fuck that. But here's what it is. So it's um, uh, it's I call it my circus novel, and so. Uh, the main character, his name is Grover Wilcox. And in the, in the beginning of the story, in fact, the first sentence of the story, um, he accidentally lights himself completely on fire. Oh. <laughs> and then, uh, and so then the rest of that first chapter, he is, he's, he's on fire and he's both sort of having, you know, what he imagines are going to be the last moments of his life while he's also trying to, you know, uh, put out this fire. And, uh, by the time he, uh, but by, by the time he successfully, you know, uh, Rolls around and puts the fire out, he finds that um he's completely unharmed, and he has no idea how or why, uh, except that, that now, for whatever reason, he doesn't know when or, when this happened, but he's discovered that he's fireproof and so while uh, while so oh, ma- you have me oh <laughs> and while so many people uh, myself included, might take that ability and try to become a superhero, this character decides to join the circus. And so um so that's that's the story that I'm writing and uh it's sort of it's uh, there's probably going to be elements of horror but it's as far as the horror genre goes it's going to be a bit of a departure from uh my first uh my first two stories even though again the vampire trilogy is three books but really it's one story. Um I, I think of this more as sort of um has elements of more more elements of fantasy than than horror. Um it's it's uh, more uh, it's and even though it does have the fantasy elements, it's it's um I don't know it's it's got a lot of.
1: It sounds uh, a lot more
0: literary. I, I I think maybe I I think kind of sort of maybe yeah and I'm and I'm I'm just I'm having a blast writing it and it's sort of it's uh it, it's 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 one of those great experiences where it's um it's kind of pouring out of me certainly you know I I, I won't pretend like every, every day is a is is a is a picnic you know some some days the writing just doesn't come as as well as I want it to but. By and large, it's just it's pouring out, which is why you know, like I I outlined it. I I know more or less how I want the story to go. Also, as you said, you know, the story's the boss, so you know, I, I can outline it, but then I'll discover something new and realize, okay, we're gonna go in that direction. But even that said, I you know, my goal, I think, when I sat down to write it was let's let's see if we can let's see if we can knock out you know. 80,000 words. And like I said, I'm, I'm over 60,000 words. I'm not, I'm not even halfway through my outline. So I have no idea what this, what this gargantuan is going to turn into But I'm really, really, um, having a blast writing it. So, so there you go. Ben eats action star. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, well, the concept is awesome. I mean, and, and it has me addicted. I mean, you are growing by leaps and bounds as a writer. I mean, every new book I read by you, you know, you can tell. And and those are the writers who are going to stand the test of time. You know, so again, it's an honor to call you a comrade in arms and also a friend. You know, I can't wait to see where you go with it. And um you know, it sounds very heartfelt too. I mean, I think there's a deep emotional, and I could be wrong, but it sounds like there's a very deep emotional, you know, theme to
0: it as well. So There there really uh, is. I won't get into it, but you you yeah. your your instincts are correct.
1: Man, a man after my own heart. I can't wait to read it, man. You know.
0: <laughs> thank you so and you know what just because I, I well, well first of all, thank you so so much because I'm I'm sitting here again just sort of uh you know, blushing behind the microphone. It it means a lot to it means a lot to me to hear all these really nice things you're saying, but I'm not used to it because yeah, you know, I, I feel like it's it's my job to make sure people know how awesome you are. So here's what we're gonna do, Benny's Action Star. I will not <laughs> allow you to hijack this podcast and say nice things about me without me <laughs> wrapping up and this will be the last word <laughs> that Ben Eats Action Star is an outstanding horror author. Cr- Crack Sky is is a wonderful novella. Uh, it, for horror fans, or just just anybody who likes just good old fashioned storytelling, Ben can do that as well. Um, and I look forward to talking to you again soon, very soon. We're not going to let a, a year pass before we get you back on the show. It'll be much sooner than that. Uh, and so, just just thanks for being on the show. Thanks for being my friend. Uh, and thanks for uh. Think, oh, and by the way, thanks for being my my new favorite action star. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to uh, to to you know to 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 fight shoulder to shoulder with you. Now, I know you can't start the fight, but I can. Yeah, right. But then you have to protect me because you're the honorable Benny's action star, and then I get to really see it happen. So uh, I look forward to that. And in, in, in all honesty, thank you so much for being on the show. I greatly appreciate
1: it. Oh, and likewise, man. I can't wait to do the next show. It's going to be awesome. Thank you so much.
0: And there you have it. There you have it. That that was Ben Ead's action star, my favorite new action hero. Who, who knew? Who knew that my friend, mild-mannered Ben Ead's or author, was also a badass? My God. Aren't Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you tuned in to episode 122? Well, I I, I, I certainly expect you are because. Quite frankly, I enjoyed listening to that conversation all over again, so I can only imagine how much you guys enjoyed that. Uh, before I wrap up, I want, to, uh, I want to implore you to please subscribe to the Marginal Strap Show podcast hour on iTunes. It is absolutely free, and it is my pleasure to record this show for you for free every week. All you got to do is subscribe, and once a week, a new episode will drop into your iTunes list. And it's my pleasure to do so. Also, while you're there, leave a leave a review. Uh, leave a few words about uh, how you're enjoying the podcast. We would appreciate it on this side of things. If you're not an iTunes listener, you can uh, you can always listen on Stitcher Radio, which is available at stitcher.com. And if neither iTunes nor Stitcher does it for you, you can always listen the old-fashioned way by going to com, which is the official website of the Martin Lestrap Show podcast hour. All 122 episodes are currently available, and starting next week, all 123 episodes will be available for you. Uh, I have another wonderful guest next week for you. Uh, he's another awesome writer. He's also another friend of mine. Uh, his name is Jake Urellian, and he is... Uh, he's. He's just, just, just the best combination of, uh, on a scale of wonderful writer and dear friend of Martin, he's pretty much as, as high up as you can get on that particular scale. So uh, I look forward to uh, to chatting with Jake and seeing what he has to say and, uh, and sharing that with you next week. Uh, in the meantime, I want to thank all of you for joining me again this week. Uh, it was a pleasure, of course. And I want to thank Ben Eads once again for being on the show for the second time. And fuck, I can't wait to have him on for the third time because who the hell knows what kind of craziness Ben will have gotten himself into. So uh, so thanks to my guest, Ben Eats, action star. And, uh, and thanks to all of you for letting me uh, hang out in your ears for the last hour or so. And until next time, I will see you on the other side.